My name is Falke Krüger. Thanks for joining us again. I'm Marie Richter to talk about surrogacy agreements and yes. uh, specifically a recent court case dealing with surrogacy agreements. But before we get to the court case, I can first ask you to um, explain what a surrogacy agreement is. Okay, so basically, a surrogacy agreement is an agreement that you reach with a surrogate mother if you want to have a baby, but you are unfortunately not able to carry the baby yourself. So then you reach this agreement with uh, another woman, and she will then carry your baby on your behalf. So um, it's a requirement that you at least use your own gametes or the gametes of your husband, um, and then it will be it will be for um, artificial fertilization, and then she will carry your baby on your behalf. Um, then after the birth of the child, the child will come to you and she does not have any rights in respect of the baby. The baby is then yours. So that's an agreement that you can basically reach to have a child of your own when you are actually not physically able to carry a child. And that agreement amongst others stipulates that you will then get back the child or you will get yes. the child. That's obviously a very important term of it. Yes, the, it is. Yeah, the surrogate mother obviously then doesn't have the right to... Um, get custody of the child like she yeah. would with her own child. Um, so the agreement then stipulates that it goes to you. Yes, all parental rights and responsibilities. Um, the child afterwards, after the birth and when the child's older, that, that child cannot even claim maintenance from the surrogate mother. You know, the surrogate mom is completely uh, a separate person. All the parental rights and responsibilities will only vest with the commissioning parents, with the parents of the baby at the end of the day. All right, and is it possible to do that in South Africa? Yes, In other words, are surrogacy agreements legal in South Africa? No, yes, definitely. And we, we see it more, occur more often. Okay. And another important question is, can the surrogate mother be compensated? Is that allowed? Is that legal in South Africa? No. Um, I would feel that she should at least receive a little something for all the effort. But no, she cannot receive any compensation. She can, for example, um, receive money for the medical expenses that she's incurring or for um, maybe losing a portion of her income um, during the pregnancy, um, loss of income medical expenses, that's something that she can um, claim from the commissioning parents. Um, a lot of people actually also prefer to get like a life insurance for that party during the time of a um, pregnancy. That's things that the commissioning parents may pay on her behalf. But despite that, she may not receive any income merely because she is carrying the baby. So it's merely a fact of paying for the expenses related yes. to the surrogacy. And that is in mm. order, but she cannot be compensated for services as such. No. I understand that some countries actually do allow that, but in South Africa mm. you say that that's no, not legal, not so allowed. it's not allowed. Okay. And, and maybe you can just explain the process to be followed uh, if you now have this need to use a surrogate mother. Okay. So if you have... If you approach the surrogate mother also to be the mom and she says, yes, I will carry the baby on your behalf, the two of you will then go to an attorney. An attorney will draft you a surrogacy agreement. That agreements are very, very important and it must thoroughly address all the aspects of the parental rights and responsibilities, the rights of the parties, etc. So you then draft a, a surrogacy agreement. Um, after you drafted the surrogacy agreement, the consent of parties are, are very important. For example, if the surrogate mom is married, her husband or partner must give consent 
for her to act as the surrogate mom. And same, yes. And same with her commissioning parents. Both parents, if there's two parties, must give consent to the surrogacy agreement. Um, after but all parties consent, gave the necessary consent, and if the um, agreement complies with the contractual um, requirements, then you must approach the High Court to actually get confirmation of your surrogacy agreement. So in the High Court, you will apply to the High Court, telling, informing the court that we have this agreement, we are all um, ready and satisfied to proceed with the agreement, we want the surrogacy to take place, and then the court will consider other factors. For example, the best interest of the unborn child and um, the, um, the background of the parties, the, the medical history, whether someone's being compensated when they should not be compensated, all that type of things is something that the court will then consider. And if satisfied, the court will grant the order to confirm that the surrogacy may take place. And only after this confirmation from the High Court, then the artificial fertilization may take place. There may not be any um, fertilization before the court actually confirmed the order. Something also I just would like to mention it, it's a requirement when you actually negotiate and draft the surrogacy agreement is for example the surrogate mom must have a child on, of her own before she can be act as a surrogate mom. Um, the commissioning parents, they must actually be unable to have a baby of their own physically before they can merely employ a I want to say employ a surrogate mom. You know, it's not like, okay, I want to be a mother, but I don't want to um, carry the baby, so I'll just appoint a surrogate mom. You cannot do that. There must be an inability um, for me to carry the baby myself. So um, there's this requirements that the court also look at. And then the court will, there's a discretion um, where the court can actually look at the family setup and the background and then also determine, will it be in the best interest of the unborn child and in the interest of all parties involved if they, if they con confirm the surrogacy agreement. So our law clearly regards it as a serious matter. You can't just do a surrogacy yes. agreement on your own. It has to be under the supervision basically of the court and there must yes. be court order before you carry on with, yeah. with the whole process. Let's maybe get to the important thing that we actually wanted to discuss this uh, to today which is the uh, recent court case about a surrogacy agreement. Um, that's the matter of expert JCR and others. Um, so yeah, please explain what happened in that case. Yeah, a little bit of background um, is that the commissioning parents, they approached the surrogate mom, they then confirmed the surrogacy agreement by court, and a, a child was born from the surrogacy. Um, they still have had one gamete available and they wanted to have another baby. So they then once again approached the same surrogate mom and she confirmed that she will be willing to carry the baby on their behalf. So they drafted the agreement, everyone gave consent, everyone was very happy and they approached the court for the confirmation of the, the second baby. Um, the court was then quite concerned when the court looked into the history of the matter. They said that, um, but listen, this surrogate mom, if I confirm this surrogacy agreement, it will be the surrogate mom's full um, surrogate agreement and surrogate baby. So the court was quite concerned. What's the impact that this will actually have on the surrogate mom? I mean, mm. carrying a baby and never taking the baby home four times in a row, it, it must have an emotional impact on her. 
And the court also said, but listen, this mom is um, is a surrogate mother for various people. Well, this will be her fourth time. So what's the impact that this has on her own children? You know, because she, she does have two children of, of her own. So what's the impact on them? And then the commissioning parent, they also have a child. What's the impact on that child? So suddenly the court looked a bit further than only to the, that they didn't only focus on the best interest of the unborn child. Mm. They also stopped and focused a bit and said, but what about the mom? Is she fine? Is she healthy to carry another baby? And then what about the siblings um, on the surrogate side and on the commissioning parent side? Are they fine with, with this situation? Because the court explained it as follows, and I think it, it is something that we should look at, is that this surrogate family, they see their mom being pregnant, carrying a baby for nine months, and never coming home with a baby. Which is not normal. Now. Which is I mean, not normal. We all get, yeah. Yeah, and um, then on the other hand, the commissioning parents, that sibling is living the life, only child, not um, preparing for a baby to join the family because the mom's not pregnant. And suddenly mom and dad leaves the house and they come back with a baby who's now taking all the attention. And, and you know, it's not like the mom was pregnant, introducing the child to the tummy that's growing and informing them there's a sibling on, on the way. So that must have an impact on the other children involved in this matter as well. Um, another thing the court said that, okay, um, having three babies and not bringing one home must have an emotional impact on you, but also a physical impact. So the court said, no, wait, before I confirm this surrogacy agreement, go back, go get um, experts to actually report to court, um, informing me, you know, a gynecologist had to um, report on her physical health. Is it healthy for her to have another baby? Um, clinical psychologist was appointed um, to investigate and report on her mental health and her emotional well-being. And a clinical psychologist was also appointed to investigate the children. Are they fine? Are they emotionally um, taking, dealing with this children not coming home and then the commissioning parent as well? So the court actually made an order for them to get additional information and provide additional information to court, which is different from what happened in previous surrogacy um, matters before. The reports came back and it was very positive. Um, everyone involved is doing very well. Even the surrogate children, um, they said that, no, they are very proud of their mother. Um, you know, assisting other families to also have babies. They don't want another sibling, so they are very happy if she doesn't bring a, another baby home. So they clearly um, understood what was happening. They understood okay, what was happening. And what you now mentioned is what the court said as well. As the court said what the conclusion that they make from all the reports that they receive is that the children must be informed. If they are well informed and they understand that, listen, we are expecting a baby, although the baby is not in my tummy. Someone else is carrying the baby, you know, on the commissioning side. And on the surrogate side, it's important for that children to understand mom is only carrying a baby for someone else. So the court said they must be well-informed. If they are well-informed and they actually understand what's going on, they are not very concerned, um, which is then good for them as well. So the court actually then confirmed the surrogate agreement but the court then gave additional guidelines and that's why this matter is actually important okay. the court said that all courts should actually consider 
the interests of the other children involved as well. And they should not merely focus on the interest of the unborn child as prescribed in the Act. So the court proposed that additional reports must be filed um, simultaneously with the surrogacy agreement as um, support of this agreement to be confirmed. Um, as that, as another thing that the court also said is that the mom, the surrogate mom, should also file an extensive report of her physical health, confirming that she is able to carry a baby and emotionally that she's also able and her emotional well-being um, is in order for her to carry a baby for someone else. Especially if it's the fourth child, but even if, you yeah. know, for the first one as well. So yeah. to, to play it safe, if uh, one brings an application like that, one should rather comply with all these requirements, yes. get those additional expert reports to make sure that you can paint the full picture to court and convince the court that it's that the well-being of all the involved parties are being looked after. Definitely. And, and the thing here is that the court wanted the parties to submit a report that's not merely a generic report. They wanted the report to be extensive and to specifically address all the circumstances of the parties involved. Because a lot of people file a report in support of their application, but it's a generic report and then it doesn't carry any weight for the court. Um, so you have to be specific and address all the circumstances of, of all families involved. So, all right. Thank you. Thank Good. you. Thank you for that. That's all we have uh, time for today. Remember, our email address is info at vvd.co.za. Thanks for uh, listening. Uh, make sure that you tune in again next week, Wednesday, between 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock, and then also on Friday evenings.